Looking blown out as fuck, dude. I'm looking like I just got back from the dentist. God damn it, really? Hey, everybody. Welcome to I'm Okay, You're Okay. I'm not okay. You're not okay. With me, Bob Schneider, and your other host, Clint Wells. You're welcome. Dude, I'm looking blown out as fuck, like I just got back from the Dentai. That's definitely the opening line of some song. Night of the Dentai by by Metallica. Speaking of Night of the Dentai, yeah. I, for the first time in a very long time, had everything done, and instead of going to bed or watching whatever, Dave Matthews videos, I decided to watch a movie. That movie was The New Mortal Kombat. Oh, God, I watched it too. It's rough. <laughs> oh, man. It's so weird watching bad I'm just not used to watching bad movies because I vet everything, and I was like, oh, I'm just going to watch this. So bad. It's so bad, man. But it's really bad. I still sort of enjoyed it, but it was horrible. I couldn't believe when it ended. I was like, oh, this is the end. Like, oh, yeah. Well, well, today we are victorious. (laughs) It's like, what? That that was the end? Yeah. It's like, oh, we're going to make a thousand more of these. So just get used to the fact that everything's going to be real shitty from now on. I guess they need to see how successful it is before they commit to spending more money on it. But. I feel bad when I watch a bad movie because I I don't know if you feel this way, but you know, you and I know some people who are in the film industry and it's just so hard to make a movie. There's just so many things going on. So many things have to be right for a movie to land. It's right. almost a miracle. I mean, I remember Brady Tanella saying that a good movie is like a miracle. And, um, you know, I feel bad because these are all people that wanted it to be good. Everyone wanted it to be good. No one wanted to make a bad movie. But like the chick that played Sonya was so bad. The guy that played Liu Kang was bad. Like the acting is wasn't great. How bad was the CGI on the guy with multiple arms? That was like taking it back to like ni- like 1992 when they first invented CGI. I liked all that. I mean, I liked I liked Goro. I thought the Goro from the 95 movie was good. Here's the deal. If you're going to have a big monster with like lots of arms, I don't care how good it looks. It, that doesn't even look real. It's not real. What really makes a movie suffer isn't necessarily that, you know, the the CGI panning of Lord of the Rings when there's a they've they've put a million fucking orcs in the battle of whatever the fuck. I don't care about all that. I don't care that the or- they're forging an orc in hell and it doesn't look super real. It's not real. It's an orc. It's I grew up on horror movies, so none of that bothers me. It's the really bad pacing. The the, the acting was just rough, dude. Like the dude who was like the cage fighter and he's trying to save his family there's a whole scene where he's like talking he's telling his wife he's got to go like to find the mortal combat or whatever and they just keep showing her face and she never says anything it's just so long where she doesn't respond to him here's what's crazy i just watched that movie maybe three or four nights ago and i can't remember anything that happened in it yeah well you're saying all this stuff and i'm like what I don't I know. remember it's, any it, of it. It's and that's really the ultimate criticism, right? Is that it's just forgettable. So you know what I tried to watch last night was fucking Lois Lane and Superman on HBO. Have you seen that? No, I saw the trailer. I saw it when I was cooking up Mortal Kombat last night. All right. So here's the deal. So they bring this guy out to be Superman. I'm like, first of all, here's what you can't have with Superman. You can't have stubble. You can't have any sort of like stubble. The idea is, oh, Superman can't grow facial hair. Because if he grows facial hair, guess what? He's growing facial hair because there's no like, what? You're going to go get a Gillette blade and try to shave some of that shit down? That shit's just going to be like, sorry, dude, that's Superman hair. You can't cut it. 
He an alien. He an alien. Yo, he alien, son. He alien. He alien. Yo, son, he alien. So first of all, that he shows up with stubble. Mm, no. And second of all, no. This dude doesn't look like Superman. You got to find a dude that doesn't even look human. Like like the guy that they got now that Henry Cavill. Yeah, Henry Cavill is like some dude that looks like, you know, like some fucking like oh, let's just make like a fetish version of a man. Are you saying you didn't like the De- the Dean Kane portrayal of Superman? No, Dean Kane is is great. Like he's again, that's a really like that's that's a dude that looks like a 10 out of a 10. This dude looks like like he's the ugliest Superman of all time. And then they show Lois Lane. I couldn't watch it. Couldn't watch it. You are easily taken out of a story by things. I'm taken out when the fucking dude doesn't dude, the dude's got razor. All I can think about is like, how's he going to clear that face? How's he going to get rid of that razor stubble? It ain't happening. Dude, if he can grow stubble at some point, he's going to look like ZZ top period. <laughs> now here's There's, what I'm ready. Here's what I want to do on this show. We can do two things. Okay. SFB or DAF. And I'm tired of being SFB. I'm ready to get DAF. <laughs> well, if you want to clue me in on what those mean, I, I can, we can DAF decide together. Means deep as fuck. Oh, okay. Or we can do what we, what some podcasters do like all of the rest of them, which is SFB shallow funk bag. <laughs> <laughs> Do we want to reach into that shallow funk bag, or do we want to get DAF? Well, I think that like, you mentioned this a few episodes ago. We're at our best when we do both. So let's do D, uh, DAF for a second, because we did get a really interesting email. This guy wrote in because he is wanting our opinions about a dad a dad move he made, and he respects us as fathers. Our last few episodes where we talked about being fathers have really resonated with a lot of listeners, which I think is really cool. And so Adam... Pringle writes in, and the subject is father advice. Now, I wrote to Adam personally because I wanted to respond to this, but I also told him I'd bring it up on the show because I want to hear what your opinion is too, Bob. He says, hey guys, thanks for always keeping me entertained. I'm hoping it's okay to reach out for some advice. I'm struggling with this internally right now, and I couldn't think of anyone else better to ask. Being such loving fathers as yourselves, some of direct access to the Pope doesn't hurt either. <laughs> he says, today I took my four-year-old son to a children's swimming class uh, he was so excited. I loved seeing the smile on his face all day until the lesson. When I got there, I noticed the instructor was slightly abrasive, which in itself is questionable with little kids swimming lessons. But when it came time for my son to take his turn in the pool, the instructor lost all his patience. The instructor told my son repeatedly that he was making him get very frustrated and even told him he was going to get a timeout for not arching his back correctly. When he said that, my son looked right at me with a frightened look on his face because he definitely understood those words. He says, my little guy wasn't doing anything wrong. He was just having a hard time understanding what the instructor wanted to do. He came to me crying when the quote, uh, when the lesson was done. He says, the real problem here is I didn't even say a word. I waited until I got home and called the swimming school. I'm torn here because I'm not one to make a scene, but I also feel like I was copping out from knocking the kid down a few pegs to where he belongs in front of everyone. And now I'm beating myself up for not sticking up for my son out loud in front of him, which I think is kind of the key. He says, but I also didn't want to be one of, quote unquote, those parents. What would you have done in this situation? Thanks for letting me get this off my chest. Be excellent to each other, Adam Pringle. I wrote back what I would have done, but I'm curious what you, what your take is. Well, I mean, there's me thinking about it now and not being there in the moment. Which is different, yeah. Which is different. I had a, I had this thing happen to me one time where I used to work out with this guy 
And the guy that I worked out with, I liked a lot. I still do. But he is a very, uh, he's a large dude that used to be an NFL football player. He's also like a master in martial arts. He's got like a whatever fifth degree black belt and something or other. Anyways, he's a very imposing guy. And Luke came to the gym one day where I was working out and he kind of started fucking with Luke. And I didn't really, I didn't do anything. I didn't go like, hey man, quit quit giving my son a hard time. And it, 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 I thought about it. Like I, I'm still, you know, it's still in my head after, you know, that was uh, probably 10 years ago. What would you do now if that happened tomorrow? No, like kind of living with this thing that you've thought about, like, would you do it different now? Would you be like, hey man? I don't, I don't know. I, I'd say another thing that happened, <laughs> I used to have play dates with this guy. He had a son, Luke's age, and I knew him. I knew this guy and the guy was he had a real acerbic, vitriolic sort of sense of humor. So he would always give me a hard time. He'd always give me a bunch of shit. And I thought it was pretty funny. Anyways, one day we're, we're, we're all in my pool, him, me, my son, and that guy. And at some point, he was just like, he kind of like grabbed my son and was like fucking with him. Like, mm-hmm. kind of like throwing like throwing him or something. In a, and, and I was like, I was like, all right, time time to go. It's <laughs> like, all right, we're done. I got to go. I, I remember I had something to do. Dude, I never had another play date with that guy again. Like, I didn't I didn't do the thing where I was like, hey, man, I felt I should have just said, hey, I feel a little uncomfortable with the way you just interacted with my son. I could have just said that. Yeah. This is all pre- I feel like it was pre or early on in group therapy where I just wasn't able to access how I was feeling or talk about how I was feeling. I feel like now at this point, if something's making me uncomfortable, I'm pretty good about going, Hey, I'm feeling uncomfortable. Like I can just start with that and just go look because your feelings are your feelings. They're real no matter what they are. So you could just go, Hey, I'm feeling uncomfortable about what? Well, this thing that's going on. And Maybe I could do that now, or maybe I'd just be like, mm, look at the time, and then never have a play date. And I feel like that's the kind of person I am. I don't like confrontation. So I get where Adam Pringle's coming from. Now, what I don't get with Adam Pringle is how much money he's got. He's got the billions of dollars from the Pringle industry. He's a Pringle dynasty. Yeah, it's a well, Pringle dynasty. He didn't invent Pringles. That was his great-grandfather. Right, uh, Grandpa Pringle. He's reaping the rewards dude he takes a bath in diamonds every night so so yeah just give your son a diamond bath i'm sure a diamond bath will clear all that right up look if you're gonna learn how to swim swim in a diamond bath the buoyancy factor you're, you're not gonna drown worst thing that's gonna happen is you're gonna choke on a diamond and you have to give him the heimlich so by the way a we need a case of uh, sour cream and onion flavored pringles sent over <laughs> immediately and I feel Adam I I feel for you bro cuz I I know that thing where you're like feeling uncomfortable because something's going on but then you don't want to say anything and then you think about it afterwards and you're like mm, you beat yourself up about it but here's the thing I I recommend seeing a movie called Force de Jure have you ever seen that No it's a movie and what happens in the first 5 minutes of the movie this family it's a man and a woman and their two kids are at a ski resort in like Switzerland or fucking someplace where there's huge mountains and lots of snow. And they're at this 
outdoor restaurant. They're having their dinner and they're setting off some avalanches on the mountain. And so they're setting off an avalanche and the avalanche starts coming down the mountain and it just starts getting closer and closer. And it just looks like it's going to completely envelope the entire restaurant and everybody starts freaking out. And this guy, the father, just hightails it away from the table because they're like on the edge of like a balcony and he just runs away. Anyways, the avalanche stops before it hits the, you know, hits the thing. But, you know, it's enveloped and all this sort of like white fog of snow and stuff. And after a second, once they realize, oh, it's not going to hit, he kind of comes back to the table and his wife's like, you fuck. What the fuck, dude? You just left us here, your children and your wife, and you just ran for it? And and the whole movie is about him dealing with that moment where he just bailed and and like the way the way he remembers it is like well, I didn't bail I I was there I stayed I was there I didn't bail and she's like I watched you bail and they have it on they, they have it on camera cuz there's you know closed circuit cameras and stuff dude it's such an interesting movie anyways it's a good one to watch because it deals with just what we're talking about here also send over the pringles and also dude Get on Patreon and write a million-dollar Pringle Dynasty check to the I'm OK people immediately. Become our biggest donor. How long is it going to take for you to ask me what I thought about it? That's what I'm curious about. All right, hold up. Another 10 minutes? Another couple movie recommendations? So anyways, I want to say a couple things. First, I liked your song this week on the song game. Very nice. A little song called Chains. Very heartfelt. I I have a pretty funny story about that. song. All right. I want to hear the story about the song. Also, I want to hear your thoughts. Here's the most important thing, and we'll make it quick because we haven't talked about this for a minute. I think whenever you you feel like you let your kid down, it's a really cool opportunity. And this is what I do when I feel like I've let Nova down. I would have said something to the instructor, but Isabel wouldn't have. And Isabel would have probably not liked that I did. And she's a great mother. So there's no real right answer to that. She would have waited and not caused a scene and then called. I would have been like, hey, don't talk to my kid that way. But the deal is, Whenever I feel like I have let Nova down or we've argued in a way in front of her that I was uncomfortable with, there's just always a cool moment at breakfast or in a light moment. I mean, your kid's your kid. You can look them in the eye and say, hey, when your instructor was yelling at you, I want you to know I, I saw it. I saw that you were scared and it really bothered me. And I know I didn't do anything about it at the time, but I want you to know I saw it. I'm always looking out for you and I love you. Like there's just always a conversation you can have. My adult friend, I won't say who it is, but last week we were texting and trying to meet up to hang out. We haven't hung out in a while. And something got really sideways with where we were going to meet to hang out. He wanted to meet somewhere a little closer to him. I wanted to meet somewhere closer to me. It was super petty, ridiculous. And I got really upset about it. I took it really personally. And I was mad enough to just be like, fuck it, fuck it. I'm not hanging out. Fuck it. And instead, I was like, I'm just going to tell him I'm upset. I'm going to tell him I'm upset and see what happens. I was like, hey, dude, I just feel like you're trying to make it more convenient for you. I would never care about where we're meeting. You know, anyway, I just told him my phone. I said, I might be wrong about all this, but I just wanted you to know that this is kind of how I'm feeling. And he was like, man, I'm really sorry to hear that. I, I, it was just, we cleared it up. We right. got it out. Right. I don't know why it's taking me so long to learn that very simple lesson. All right, so check this out. So I'm in another song group with our friend, Rachel Loy. And I sent that same song 
she sends a phrase, you send a phrase. I usually put both phrases in the song. I knock the both both birds out with uh, one song. I thought that song was pretty cool too, and thank you for saying so. I appreciate that. And uh, this new person in the group wrote me this really long thing about how it could be better, which I thought was, they were like, beautiful song, really great chorus, really loved it. Uh, I'm kind of new to the group, so I don't really know what the rules are with criticism, but here, here are the ways it could have been better. <laughs> A much longer paragraph about how the chorus should start on a different note and how it should resolve differently into this. And uh, I got a pretty big kick out of that. Can't imagine doing that, you know, especially to a stranger. But you've probably told me you liked my song maybe five times ever, and that's one of them. But it's also the one that she thought she'd write in and tell me about how much better it could have been. Well, I'll tell you, the only time I ever give any critical feedback in the group, and I mean, I'm in... I've been doing this for 20 years now. And if I think a song is like really, really good, like really, really good, and I can see like sort of a glaring sort of thing that could be maybe fixed or made a little bit better to make the song better, that's the only time. Other than that, I never criticize. I'm taking this production class that Louis, do you know who Louis Bell is, that producer? No. He produced like Post Malone and, oh really yeah he's like he's like one of the top top guys like, he does like a master class or something he's doing yeah he's doing a master class right now for a month that i just started taking two days ago it's expensive it's like 250 bucks and it's wait all so like, he and he and he produces and writes all that post malone shit well he doesn't write it but he produced some of it he produced i think he pre, you know like for a while there every time i you know was listening to a song on spotify i'd like check the credits and he was like yeah. always on the credits he was always okay. like the producer or the writer um so anyway so i was like let me take this class and maybe i can if nothing else i can like learn some production techniques or whatever and i feel like i've already learned a little bit um it's it's only day two but what what they do is they put you in these groups of 20 people and then you're supposed to upload your songs as you write them and then dude people are like giving critical feedback and this one chick in my group is like giving everybody like a shit ton of feedback. I haven't posted shit and I've already written my song that I'm going to turn in tonight, but I'm like, I'm not turning in shit so people can be fucking, Oh yeah. The fucking sound of the synth is a little hot here in the, at one minute and 10 seconds. Like they're super critical. And I'm like, I feel like maybe the people that are the most successful do that sort of thing, but I'm like, fuck that. I don't want that kind of critical feedback. I just want people to say how much they love what I do, and that's it. After that, shut the fuck up. Well, I think that's because, I think it's because when you wrote the thing and made it, you knew what you were doing. But you are, I was going to say, this just depends on the context. Like if I ask you, hey, dude, how do you think I can make this chorus better? That's a great opportunity for you to tell me how to make it better because I'm I'm soliciting that advice. Right. I'm not a child. You know, some people in the song game, maybe, I don't know, but some people do the song game so they can get feedback. I don't do that. I don't either. That's yeah. not, in my opinion, in my humble opinion, and you know, that's your baby, but I've been in the song game almost as long as anyone, 10 years. In my opinion, that's not what the, that's not what it is. It's not praise me, like me. That's just my opinion. That's not what I use it for. No, the song game is is a deadline where you have to turn in the song. It just makes it, it makes you accountable to at least write a song a week. Because I could go weeks without writing a song, or months, or years even. 
That's what it's about. Right. It's about making you accountable and having to turn something in. And what sucks is that there's always people in the group, like I'm telling you my, like some of my favorite writers ever are the ones where they just like turn in a fucking song. I know. Like Danny Malone is one of my favorite songwriters of all time. And he was in the group for a month. And I think he turned in two songs. Maybe he was in it for two months and he just wouldn't turn anything in. I'm like, Hey man, turn something in so you can stay in the group. And he just wouldn't do it. And then I had to kick him out. It sucked. I started one in Nashville. This is maybe eight years ago. I was touring a lot in a kind of hip little band, this chick named Jesse Balin. Everybody in that band wanted in. And then a lot of our little network outside of that, everyone wanted in to the idea. And I remember telling them, look, I don't want to be the guy that's kicking you all out of the fucking game. So if we do it, please just do it so I don't have to be the jerk kicking you out. Right. And of course, one by one, they go down. And this dude, a guitar player that I love, he plays for a really big artist here in town, and I and I love him. He two weeks go by, he doesn't turn in a song. I'm like, hey, dude, you're out. Bye. Sorry. He begged me to stay in. He's like, dude, I know I I know I didn't do it. I really, really want to be in this group. Will you please just let me stay in? And I was like, man, if I do that with you, I got to do it with everybody. Just the whole thing crumbles if I do this. Anyway, he's like, I, I won't let you down. I'll do it. I'm like, all right, you're back in. Turn that goddamn song in. Two weeks never, go by? N- never. Two weeks n- go by? Nothing. No songs. Yeah, yeah. None! Yeah, it's like the dude, it's like the dude that fucking smacks his smacks his girlfriend like over 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 some burnt toast. And then she's like, I'm leaving you because you just fucking hit me. And he's like, Look, baby, I- I'm sorry, I'll never do it again. Please, 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 please. I love you. You're the best thing that's ever happened to me in my life. Fucking two days go by, fucking burnt toast, smack. <laughs> People don't fucking change, dude. You either get it in or you don't. It's interesting, though, that they want to be in so bad. They they want it, but they can't do it. It's, I don't know. It's weird. It's an odd thing to me. I really wanted to be in it, and I really wanted to figure out how to get better at doing it. I mean, I'm so used to that from being an alcoholic and being sober. I just know so many people who are like, oh, I want to be sober, but they don't want to be sober. They just want yeah. their, They just want life to be easy and their problems to be fixed, and they think, oh, this will be some magic bullet that'll take care of everything and then they realize oh no it's not and then they're they don't do it dude here's the deal if you want to be thin you can't eat all the chocolate if you want a toned body you got to lift some lbs off the ground with some part of your body <laughs> if you want to be a successful that's the most interesting way of saying workout ever if you want to be successful at whatever you do you got to put the time and effort in can't just be sitting around watching TV. I mean, I, I watch a lot of TV, but I still spend the time, the minimal amount of time to get the fucking work done. I will say this though, man. I, I just speaking again about criticism and how I'm just not built for criticism. And I've set up a system, like even with the song game, where I'm not inviting criticism. And I, I really truly feel that criticism is the is the thing that stops all creativity. Like being critical is what stops all creative processes. And uh, but I I don't know. Like I was reading about um, I wasn't reading about it. I, I was seeing an interview with uh, Bruno Mars and. Um, 
Anderson Pack. Have you heard that song, Keep the Door Open, that they did together? No. Dude, it's a fucking classic. It's such a great song. But they were talking about how Anderson Pack was just talking about, like, yeah, just go in there and do whatever. And Bruno Mars, who's literally put out less than 30 songs in his entire career, he's put out so little like content, but it's all incredible. And he just says that he'll work on a song for months, just crafting it, making sure that it's perfect. And it's, check that song out, dude. It's, it's incredible. And I've just, I've never done that. I've never spent with anything in my life. Like I have this ability to make art. Like I can paint, I can draw, but I only do the very least amount that I can with that talent. But if I, if I, put my mind to it and spent like three or four weeks working on a painting, I can make a painting that would be like some masterpiece. People would look at it and go, what the fuck, dude, how can you do that? I'd be like, well, you just put in the hours and get it done. But I've never done that. And maybe I could do that with songwriting as well, but I've just never been interested in doing anything like that. Part of, part of, I feel like part of succeeding is in life is like putting the least amount of effort into something and succeeding. And if you put so much effort into it, then you're like losing in a way. You know what I mean? Well, all of success to me is just luck. There's a lot of people who are really successful who aren't real good. I mean, you, what can you chalk that up to other than luck? Now, some people get there and it's because they were real good and they worked real hard. That happens. But there's a lot of people who are successful who aren't very good and more than any of the categories we're talking about of good people who aren't successful because the timing wasn't right and no one knows how good they are. I'm going to disagree with you and say that the people that are successful are all good. But I know a lot of great people that aren't successful. And I know a lot, but there's nobody that's, really bad that's successful everybody's at least good but dude hmm. i yeah. went down i went down the rabbit hole yesterday and started watching like i love that new justin bieber song that peaches song is like i've listened to that song a hundred times in the last couple weeks so i went down the rabbit hole and was watching him do live performances of it and you know because he's that album's just come out so he's been doing a lot of that in the last month and that dude is fucking like straight up like Elvis. Justin Bieber is Elvis. But when I say people who are successful aren't good, I'm not I'm not taking some easy road and saying, oh, just the Justin Bieber's of the world aren't good. I'm talking about I think he's great, for example. Like I love all that music. I love Billie Eilish. I I love big pop bands. I went and saw Pink perform because one of my friends is uh was played for Julia Michaels, who was opening. I thought the Pink show was great. Now Yes, I listen to Metallica and Radiohead, but I, so when I say that people are good who are successful, I I think I'm thinking more about Nashville culture and maybe not people that are on the Grammys or something, but I'm thinking about people who have a lot of critical acclaim who I think are bullshit artists. And I, I can't say who they all are right now, maybe in the Secret Weekly, but in my world here, there's a lot of people who are like critical darlings who I... I can't hear any good songs that they wrote. <laughs> and then I go, I see performances of them live and they can't sing and they can't play. So how do you explain it? You know, pretty face, right timing, good bullshit artists, or maybe they're really likable and have a great personality. Maybe there's some nepotism and they're, sometimes you dig a little deeper. Guess what? They've got some family in the industry that you grease wheels that way. 
you don't invite criticism because you are your critic. When the song is born from you, it's not like you just farted it out. You know what you like and what you're trying to say and what you're trying to do. And it's not like the first drum beat you play, you use. You flesh it all out. That's different than like, hey, can you help me figure out how to make this course better? Because I know you'll co-write with Kusumano and you and I have co-written before. Hey, let's figure this out together. But if you're sitting down to make something, you make it. And you learn to paint and draw to the level to get you to the point where you could take off. The, anything more than that, it's a question of, is that the best use of your time? I just got a lap steel guitar and I spent like six hours one night just learning all the chords, like all the inversions and the major and minor chords and seven chords and how to transition that got me to the point where I'm already doing sessions with it. But dude, I can't play like a country solo on it. How, how good of use of time is going to be for me to learn how to do that? What I did was I got it to the Daniel Lanois level and now I can put these beautiful chords. It's on my new song, Chains. I can put these beautiful chords and pads over music. Anything other than that, I don't I don't know if it's the best use of my time. DAF, dude. DAF, all right. Well, let's get out of here. Thanks for all the support, everybody. You know what to do. You know what your homework is. Leave the review. Join the Patreon, P-A-T-R-E-O-N.com. Slash IOK, you'll get a postcard. You'll get Bob's cover of Prince, some co-songs, co- co-songs that we wrote. And you'll also get to join us in the secretly where we'll go now. And I have more to say about the person who criticized my song. So uh, we'll see you there. Bye. 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 <laughs>